Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. So, Andrew Tambuzo, why do you love sausage? (laughs) Uh, It's something that I grew up doing. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today we're taking a tour of the Tambuzo Sausage Company. This family-owned enterprise has long provided house-made sausage to some of Tampa Bay's most popular restaurants. And now it's Tampa Cafe, the Boozy Pig, serves up cut-to-order meats, bacons, and sausages alongside sandwiches and other prepared foods. Go behind the scenes with Andrew Tambuzo to learn how the sausage is made. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand Natural Foods. Like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. In the past several months, as I've been talking to chefs and restaurant owners and food writers, the name Tambuzo Sausage kept coming up. Finally, we decided to go check it out for ourselves. I'll admit, I was a little nervous about seeing sausage being made. It's one of those things that's supposed to happen behind the curtain. But Andrew Tambuzo wants to change that. All the business takes place behind a big glass window, there for all to see. He says he's all about transparency, education, and the best-tasting sausage he can make. And he comes by his passion naturally. Sausage-making has been in his family for generations. Andrew, right here we have a cylinder that looks like it's about, what, 10 inches around and about 3 feet tall. Yeah, it's that, that's a sausage stuffer, it's uh-huh. the hopper. And then there's a tube coming out of it that's about an inch around, and he is putting a, we've got Raul here, who's making the sausages, and what's he doing with that, That what is that? He's loading sheep casing onto the horn. Sheep casing is a small intestine of the sheep. Uh, it's a natural casing that we use to make sausage. You told me that, yeah. you're, that, that the pork and the beef is, you get from local farmers here in Florida. Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah, so the beef comes in from up in Brooksville from Providence Cattle Company. They're a grass-fed beef operation. Uh, it's transparent and as great of a product as you can get. Uh, the pork comes from Nature Delivered Farms. They're also in Brooksville. Um, she's an all-outdoor operation. I think the only time I ever saw the pigs indoor was during Hurricane Irma two years ago. <laughs> that was it. Really? Other than that, they're always outside, they're always um, foraging, they're always rooting and digging, and uh, just super happy pigs. Now getting your meat this way is more expensive. It is more expensive. There's a lot more labor that goes into uh, raising the animals and taking care of them, uh, much more than your large feedlot operation. There's a lot more care and a lot more 
hands-on involved, which yields a better product. Now, this is interesting because you have, you know, you always hear this saying that people are afraid of seeing how the sausage is made. But you have intentionally made it so everybody that comes into your store can see exactly how the sausage is made. We're in a room, a very simple room. It's got a big glass window so everybody who walks in the door can look in here and see this being made. Why did you do it this way? Uh, we wanted to provide a, a, a lot of education, really, um, as to what goes into this. Um, in this industry in general, what people are accustomed to, there's a lot of questions and a lot of middlemen. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes actions that people maybe don't want to know what's going into their food, but really they should. And so I felt it was just something I, it was really important to me to be able to provide that transparency, to, to be able to provide the education as to what actually is involved, what we're actually doing, and to just close that gap from producer to consumer. And you know, when people heard what I was doing today, I, a lot, some people would wince, and I, I have to say I was a little nervous, but there's nothing gross. There's nothing gross about this. You've got minced meat with spices, uh, little white specks, which is the natural fat. Yep putting it into this, um, what did you call this? This, this is a sausage stuffer. This particular is the hopper and the horn is where the casing gets loaded onto and where the sausage comes out. And then Raul turns the crank, it yep. forces the meat into the casing and then goes into coils that are several feet long. Yes. So you've got these long, beautiful coils of, of sausage. Yeah, that's our mild Italian sausage. Yep. And he has kind of an art because if he puts too much pressure on it, he could burst the casing. Yeah, it's really something that you have to have the feel for. It's uh, the casing is very sensitive. It's it's very temperamental. A lot of times, it's a lot more sensitive than others, and uh, causes a lot of headaches. Uh, Raul has been a godsend. Um, he looks pretty good at it. Yeah, he's good. He's pretty good. I won't tell him that but <laughs> since you're here. Opening the cool. Oh, here's the cooler. We've got some big. Uh, pig faces staring at us when we come in. The whole right side is some pig heads looking at us. It's a little spooky. Um, and you've just got the, the pigs broken down. You said you, you use all the pig. Yes, we use all of every animal that we get. Um, even the bones, everything. We make stock out of it. A lot of times we'll have the stock up in our retail uh, case for sale. If not, we're using it in the back. In fact, that's what you, when you walked in, I was taking stock that we're going to be using for a recipe in the back. So we'll probably be reloading it again this coming week. You use the jowls, you use the brains, you use the head. You we use, use it all. We use it all. Well, we don't intentionally use the brains, but it does go into the stock pot and gets cooked down. Yeah. So yeah, I guess. And the hooves. Oh, all that. We make we we cure and smoke them. We brine them, make uh, smoked pig's feet and smoked ham hocks. Is it, are those popular? Not yet. They should be. They should be. There's a lot of good meat on the ham hocks and feet. That a lot of collagen. I know a lot of people are trying to. Uh, you know, intake more collagen. That's a true. So uh, that's really where the majority of of the collagen comes from. These animals is where the joints are, uh, the feet, the ham hocks, uh, the face, the head. There's a lot of natural collagen that comes out of that. Right. That's why it makes such a good head cheese. It it has the collagen gives it that ability to, to stay together. Well, you can close that. That's pretty cold. You yeah. can close that up. But I was wondering, those the pig heads. Some were. I mean, there was one in there that was huge, and then a couple were smaller. Are they? Male or female? or These are mostly males. The large one was a male. Uh, we get both sexes. Just kind of depends on her stock, her numbers at the time, what she needs to go through. 
she being my pig farmer Rebecca um, and uh, yeah we really just try to help her out and what her needs are you know once a pig hits a certain age if they stop doing what they're doing what they need to be doing then you know she goes goes ahead and processes them um, and moves another one into that um, what's a pig supposed to be doing breeding oh breeding, gosh really. once they stop then well yeah it's it's yeah. time but it happens that's the natural life cycle you know um, yeah that was one of her, her larger breeders that um, I guess just hit that age where he stopped doing his thing and it was time for him to go to the processor. Where do you actually break the meat? I mean, do you have this in front of the customers too when the right beef actually comes oh, in? Yeah, and right you yeah, right here, Raul does most of the breaking down. Um, I have another butcher that does a lot of the sausage work as well. Together they work in here and I kind of float around. Um, and this is where it's all done. And you make a distinction between meat cutter and a butcher. You consider yourself a butcher and that's a craft. It is a craft. It is a craft. There's a lot more creative freedom when you start with the whole thing. Um, it's you're, It's a more sustainable way of doing it. it. You're honoring the entire animal instead of just the popular cuts that people are used to seeing in the grocery stores or on menus. It's just a better way of doing it, I believe. It's definitely an art. It's definitely an art. and. Um, it's just more about education. You can teach people about very similar cuts that are just as good, if not better, that you don't ever see. It's not just the same old repetitive three steaks. You're passionate about it. Let's go out here oh, yeah. where it's quieter and we can talk. Okay, so show me what you've got here. So this is our smoked meat case. We have some beef jerky. We have some Philly cheesesteak smoked sausage. We have some smoked deli ham, some salami cotto that we sell uh, sliced by the pound. And those also go on what makes up our mixto sandwich, which is our version of a Cuban. So we make the ham. That smoked ham comes from off the pigs. It's a 21 day process. Um, it's about a month time from when they are get butchered until they go on the sandwich. Do you sell anything that you didn't actually butcher yourself? No, 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 we do not. And then you make sandwich, except for like the lettuce and stuff in your sandwiches. Right, right. But all, all the meat is from you? All the meats, all the deli meats, the pastrami, all the sausages, all the ham, the salami, that's all us. The bacon we cure and smoke in house, comes off the bellies from the pigs. Um, Are you, uh, the pastrami, you're curing that? Oh yeah, yep. You're doing everything? Everything. There's hot dogs in the case right here in the front. Oh, these do not look like any hot dog that I'm used to seeing. These do these are not the Oscar Meyer. No, no, not at all. They're, 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 they look like they're cooked or... They are. They're smoked already. Um, they're, so they're fully cooked when you get them. Uh, they're in the natural sheep casing, so it lends to a really nice snap. They're brown. They're not, they're not really pink like you're used to seeing. No, no. And so how, what do you do? Just heat them up in hot water? How you, you can do? poach them in water or beer. We've done both. You can throw them right on the grill or in the frying pan. I like to cut them down the middle and then fry it in the frying pan. Wow. Those are, that looks different. That looks a lot oh, it's, different. It's not like a hot dog you've ever yeah. had, I promise. Uh, and same with the rest of the sausages. Um, we always have a few sausages in the case uh, that are smoked. Uh, right now, this is a jalapeno cheddar smoked sausage. It's a pork sausage. And then we also have a pork andouille and a Bregenwurst. It's a German-style smoked sausage. Uh, that's one that we, we sell to a lot of, to a, a local restaurant, Okanola. 
Yeah, she told me about you. Yeah, she's been great. <laughs> That's Ann Kearney, chef. executive chef Ann Kearney yeah, at Okinola. Chef Ann, yeah, absolutely. That's actually her recipe that she gave me um, to make for, for her, and uh, I couldn't be more thankful to her. Yeah, she's been really, really great. Uh, there's a lot of steaks in here that you may be unfamiliar with, but that's, again, why we are here, to just teach. And, you know, if you come in looking for a certain cut that we don't have, chances are we'll be able to point you in the direction of a cut that is equal or better and to still, <laughs> still get you to your end goal of what you're trying to cook. Give me an example of what you're talking about. Okay, so this beef Denver steak right here, you will not see that in any grocery store or any restaurant, maybe a few restaurants that might have that. Um, but that's just a particular cut that it comes off the shoulder. It's in a section of the shoulder that doesn't get a lot of movement. It's more there for support. It's super marbled and tender. You can cook that up and put it on the plate next to a ribeye or a strip. And that right there will be just as good, if not better. Why do you think it doesn't get much play? Well just because most grocery stores only get boxed beef of certain cuts, the same three or four cuts. Probably ribeye strip, filet, and sirloin. And that's it. But because we bring in the whole steer, we have access to all of the muscles. And if we don't have ribeyes in the case, which we're out of right now, I can point you in the direction of a lesser known, but equally as great cut, such as the Denver steak. So we have, let's name some of the things here. We've got pork ribs, picnic uh, cut, a lot of pork, loin chops, pork belly. What do you do with pork belly? I don't know. So traditionally pork belly is what's used to make bacon. Uh, this right here, we have it rolled and tied uh, just to make it, it looks pretty one, but you can roast that in the oven. It makes great, a great uh, roast. Um, chances are that's gonna get cured. Uh, in the next couple days. Just you don't think that'll sell either? Uh, we might sell a little bit of that, but we sell a lot more bacon than anything else. Those people know what to do with bacon. Yeah. You've got some brined pork ribeye chops. Yes. Lot, lots, some are already seasoned here. Yeah, this is a dill pickle brined uh, pork porterhouse. So it has the both the pork loin and tenderloin attached with the bones still in it. We've soaked them in dill pickle juice that we make in the back, and it's got a Cajun seasoning on there already. What's your most, then you've got some, got some of your mild Italian sausage out here. Um, there's so much. And then all different kinds of beef cuts. What's your most popular product? I would have to say the Italian sausage. I mean, obviously the, the beef sells really, really well. Um, I would eat the bacon sausage. Sausage is beef. popular. Yeah. I would say that's probably the most so what we've got here is we've got the butcher shop with your meat, and then right next to it you've got a cafe, you've got yes. a restaurant. So I'm just wondering, you know, about the business side of it. Are you making more money on the restaurant side? Are you happy being in the restaurant business, or is it a pain in the neck? Um, it's uh, it's definitely has its challenges, uh, but I love it. I mean, most days don't really feel like work. Um, butchering especially whole animal like that we do making it's not work it's it's what we love it's what i love um him and i can raul and i sit and talk for hours just about cutting meat and making sausages and just different things that we've done and ideas um so it's great to have someone i can go back and forth with um but but, uh, but butchering is a kind of a back of house you know a back of house thing 
and now you've opened up a restaurant where you know much now it's much more public yeah yeah so that's what like I said we wanted to bring a little bit more transparency uh, we wanted to be able to show off the meats that we're making from these animals and what better way to do that but with a kitchen also because we're bringing in the animals whole I felt like I really needed a way to utilize all the bones and the fat so now I have a kitchen we can make stocks whether we're using them on our own menu or we sell them out front uh, we render the lard down and we sell that uh, we render the tallow down which is beef fat and we sell a lot of tallow actually we also do our french fries and tallow we fry them in, in the beef fat uh, which is really sounds nice. really good <laughs> so let's walk over in the restaurant where it's a little quieter sure. So now we're out in front where it's a little bit it's a little bit quieter. We don't have all the hums of the engines and the people talking. It's a little bit of traffic. We're on Cypress Street. Has it been a good location for you? So far, yes. Um, there's a good business community around here. I think they're just starting to figure out that we're here and what we're doing. So we're slowly getting there. People are still figuring us out, still trying to find us. Yeah, the signage is kind of smug you know yeah we're still working on that uh, <laughs> but no I think this area is definitely up and coming the uh, residential market around here is exploding Mid yeah what's the name of this neighborhood we call it West Tampa we call it old West Tampa what's that big development Midtown Midtown's going to be right right down the street we're really uh, excited about that yeah, that'll be great for you yes yes so well, you can already feel South Tampa moving this way uh, moving north past Kennedy Midtown's obviously going to be great for it for the whole neighborhood so we're really excited about that and get a lot of we've been getting a lot of traffic from downtown as well which i wasn't sure what to expect from that but i guess a lot of the business commuting between west shore and downtown we're right in the middle so andrew tambuzo why do you love sausage <laughs> uh it's something that i grew up doing um i grew up making sausage it's it was something that I never questioned why we did it because I had been doing it for so long. It's your, in your family. It is in my, on both sides. On my mom's side, um, my mom's family, the Ketchatoris on Ar Armenia, uh, Ketchatorian sons. I grew up in that grocery store making sausage as a kid. And my grandfather on my father's side, Joe Tambuzo, he is the one that actually showed me how to make sausage. Uh, we still have all of his equipment in, in my shop on display. Uh, it's like I said, it's just something that it was always a family hobby, passion, turned into something I was doing in my dad's garage. And was your dad in it too? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. My dad. I would not be here today without all my dad's help. Making sausage has always been part of something that we did. Um, my grandfather. It was passed down from an older generation. From him, his uncle gave him the re a recipe that he in turn gave us. So cacciatore, I think, means hunter in Italian. What, it is, does. what does tambuzo mean? Uh, tambuzo, I don't know. I don't know Leave either. That part out. <laughs> that's okay. People call you boozy. People call me boozo or boozy. Uh, it's his name that's uh, been called that forever, just kind of stuck. And, uh, yeah, once I started processing, it just kind of, the name kind of came to me one day. and was like, hey, I like that name. So what's your background? Born and raised in Tampa, um, Sicilian and Cuban heritage. Uh, my parents are both from Ybor City. Uh, grew up in West Tampa and Seminole Heights my entire life. And um, just lucky to own a business now in, in West Tampa. Yeah, so you have had a 
um, you've had a business called Tambuzo Sausage for, for a while. Yes. Um, and then you just opened up the Boozy Pig, yes. the retail outlet, right. uh, just a few months ago. Tell what's the difference between the two? So different. The main difference is uh, that host, Tambuzo Sausage Company is how we sell to restaurants, and Boozy Pig is our local storefront. So Tambuzo's a wholesaler. It's more of a wholesale. Uh, I'm working on that as far as trying to really differentiate them and make it official, like a wholesale company. Uh, that's the goal. Um, but that's how we started out, uh, just making sausages. It was, um, we had customers that were my grandfather's longtime customers, their descendants would call us up, hey, you guys still making sausage? And we were out of my dad's house in the garage. And before you knew it, we had just business coming to the house to pick up sausage. Um, Any kind of special licenses you need to make sausage in your garage? <laughs> no, I don't think they would give me one, honestly. Uh, I would, wouldn't even try. Um, I could probably get laughed at. But uh, no, it was just, it wasn't really ever intended to be my full-time job. It just kind of happened that way. Uh, we started processing a lot of wild game for hunters. And we started, I had a friend of mine that got uh, promoted to chef position. And they knew, she knew that we were making sausage. And she started buying sausage from us. And it was a great opportunity. Um, and then word spread and just... Now I think we sell to about 10 or 11 different restaurants around town. Yeah, you're really well thought of. When did you start the Tambuzo Sausage Company? Uh, 2014 is when we started, started doing that. Um, it was about that time that my dad and I both realized that we kind of had something here and that we should maybe take it a little bit more serious. Uh, it was about that time we started getting more requests from restaurants wanting to buy our product. Um, and Your grandfather was a professional butcher, right? Um, I don't know about professional. I, I think that uh, he was probably he had a taught, grocery store. He had a grocery store mm -hmm. in Ebor City. He was probably taught from from his uncles and their grocery stores, also in Ebor City. Um, that's who taught him how to make sausage. Uh, that's who taught him how to cut up pigs and deer and cows. Uh, and and who taught you? Uh, a little bit of him and a little bit of YouTube and reading. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly been self-taught. Okay. We can't seem to find a place. I know. Man, I didn't know you drove a monster truck. <laughs> so Maserati just pulled up behind us to get his sausage, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, he's part of the afternoon crew coming to get some coffee. Oh, okay. So are you open all day or what's your... We're hour? open from 10 to 7. Oh, so you do dinner? Uh, well, we do. We haven't really started a dinner service. The lunch menu is available. Sandwiches. It's mostly sandwiches. We have a butcher's board, which is our charcuterie board. But you don't close at all between? No. Huh. No, our lunch uh, usually runs pretty late. Usually runs to about two or three o'clock. We get a little bit of a lull, and then it normally picks back up about four or five o'clock. People start coming in either to get uh, meat to cook that night or the next day, or just to get some food either to go or. Uh, hang out in the house. A lot of people come in and bring bottles of wine, uh, hang out, enjoy the, the butcher's board, and maybe share a sandwich. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. And that's an afternoon thing, huh? It is, it is. And this is one of your regulars? This is. Tony is Tony has become one of our, our best regulars. He comes all the time. He's always bringing us gifts. Tony Tony just came up in his Maserati. What's your, tell me your name. Tony. Talisi. So you come here in the afternoons. What do you like? Um, I have coffee just about every afternoon. 
Uh, the desserts are great. I like the lemon uh, granita, uh, whatever dessert that they have. Mm. Of course, we eat, we eat here too. We eat breakfast, you know, we eat lunch. It's, the food's awesome. Okay. Love the place. Can't say too much about the people that are in there, though. You know, maybe we gotta. <laughs> well, that's nice. I mean, you haven't been here that long. You've already got regulars. Am I done so. being interrogated now? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, we literally met him just from him coming in all the time. He knows a big group of guys that bounce around from coffee shop to coffee shop, a bunch of retired men mm-hmm. that uh, about my dad's age, so he knows a lot of them as well. And they come hang out all the time. Just come have coffee, have a little snack, have a little more coffee, have another snack. That's just... What am I doing wrong, Andrew? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to do. Bounce around in the afternoons and right? come here. Have right? a granita. Sounds great. Andrew Tambuzo, the owner of the Boozy Pig Butchery and Kitchen. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. That was Andrew Tambuzo of Tambuzo Sausage Company and the Boozy Pig Butchery and Kitchen. Thanks so much for listening. Did you miss our stories this month on the Columbia Restaurant's famous 1905 salad or a great vegan mango ice cream? You can always find recipes from our stories at thezestpodcast.com. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Colon and I produced The Zest with help from Megan Tremble, Mark Hayes, and Craig George. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media. Copyright 2020, WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.